And you see this, unfortunately, a lot with Catholic schools. It's like the kids are marched into the Catholic church as if like they're soldiers forced to sit down and they're just told to be quiet, be quiet, mm-hmm. be quiet, mm-hmm. as opposed to like enter into prayer, like mm-hmm. love the Lord. Like there, mm-hmm. the, the, the res- reverence is not simply be quiet. Reverence mm-hmm. is I, I've encountered the power of the Almighty God and out mm-hmm. of fear and wonder and awe, I fall to my knees and I... And I, I the show where encounter meets mission friends i'm aaron richards i'm your host for today's show and joined here in the illustrious damascus media studio by my friends and brothers in christ mr brad Pirin. yes sir and dan demite all right it's a party every good show aaron is still going solid high five (laughs) aaron is slapping hard today too those high fives they hurt isn't that what the kids say yeah slapping hard slapping hard i actually have no idea if that's what they said (laughs) well jack is that what they say yeah no comment. Oh. Uh, we're, what we're, do we're, the kids we're, say? We're pumped for today's show. It's going to be awesome. I'll speak for myself. I'm really excited for today's show. Friends, if you're new to Beyond Damascus, uh, this is the show where encounter meets mission. So like St. Paul, who in his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus was transformed. His lifestyle was transformed. He he went from a place of, um, he went from a place of, of brokenness and thinking he had his life together to a place of surrender and uh, becoming the apostle that the Lord had in mind for him. At Damascus, he was awakened and empowered and equipped to a new lifestyle. And that's the that's the mission of Beyond Damascus. That's the mission of Damascus here in Centerburg, Ohio. We, uh, the three of us, run an apostolate here in Centerburg, Ohio, where we're working to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith every day. And we are, uh, this summer, If you if you haven't been tuned in this summer. We're closing out what has been an amazing season of Catholic Youth Summer Camp, which is our flagship program here in Centerburg, Ohio. Uh, we're, I guess we're not only in Centerburg, Ohio anymore. We're also in the North Woods of uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had close to 6,000 kids who've come through our door this summer who've had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. So mm-hmm. we're here to celebrate that today and uh, to jump into kind of some of the some of the topics that have that have led us through and that have led a couple thousand six thousand kids to a to a powerful mm-hmm. encounter with him. It's been a really calm summer. Six thousand kids, just like quiet. Yeah, I mean, quiet. I, I'm like, it's I'm wild. like, man, I need some noise in yeah. my life. Like, I know I'm really excited to kind of uh, eat a meal without like 500 <laughs> campers screaming uh, during the meal. Yeah, That's my, gonna be my a really favorite. The game difference changer. in the woods, like, like in the full time year, if there aren't kids on site and you're taking a walk in the woods, it's like this is serene. Like the Lord is here. And then during the summer, you go through the woods and it's like those are paintball guns being fired. And the Lord is still here, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's uh, it's it's awesome. Summer is just like such a lively time, and I think, um, yeah, six thousand kids is unbelievable. I was actually driving the road today on our way in here to Damascus, which is in rural Ohio, and uh, they just uh, like repaved it. And as I'm driving on it, I'm like. These roads probably will constantly need repave because there's all of these families driving in. So uh, I guess that's a good problem I was, to have. 
I was bragging on Teresa, our kitchen uh, director, yesterday, uh-huh. and just reflecting on like how many meals the kitchen pumps out. And I, I, so I was like, I'm pulling out my calculator. I calculate that it is 120,000 meals during the course of the nine weeks of summer Whoa. that are that, that we pump out. So yeah. you know, we talk about the number of kids we're impacting, the way we minister, but yeah. yep. the behind the scenes of ministry sometimes is 120,000 meals. I was I was at a I was at a conference in in Bethel Church in Reading, which is a, a big place and if you're uh if you're a fan of i don't know if you're a fan of jesus you've probably heard of bethel <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a bold statement <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like, I mean, if, most... but if you haven't then you're not actually a fan of jesus <laughs> no, no, I no there's no there's no causality just because there. one yeah just because one's true it doesn't have to be true the other trying one to, trying to find a descriptor here <laughs> anyway uh i was talking to their kitchen manager and they run an awesome kitchen and uh, when I go to a conference, I, I find the kitchen manager. And um, mm-hmm. I, was, I was speaking with this lovely woman. And she's like, so what, what kind of work do you guys do? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm here. And uh, I, I think our kitchen, we're, we're, we're always looking at ways to improve. We serve about 2,500 meals a day. And she's like, her jaw dropped. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's a big deal. Like, it is. There's, there's a lot of stuff that, come, that goes on uh, here at Damascus. Yeah, there is. Can Amen. I share? Can Praise I share a? Uh, can I? Can I share an interesting part of my heart? No, you brother? can't. Okay, well, great. No. I'm going to do it anyway. No, <laughs> no uh, um, in one of my first ever uh, talks uh, after conversion in college, um, like <laughs> the the premise of it was, what if our church could truly become like McDonald's? where billions and billions were served each year, you know, cause you like, you'll go to McDonald's and I don't know if other people know this, but on the like McDonald's sign at the bottom, it used to say like millions and millions served. Right. Yeah. And then it, then it went to billions served. Mm. And now it says billions and billions served. And my, my, <laughs> my idea amazing. was like, we have a billion people in the church. What if we serve them all faithfully? We could put on all of our church signs what they put on <laughs> McDonald's signs. Uh, I have since developed, I think, in presentation, but mm. that was uh, at least mm. uh, nice. a start. So that, meals. That was good. Meals. That was good. The Lord, you know. That was that was deep on your heart. Meals in the Lord, the Eucharist. There's some things. I'm, I'm just trying to. <laughs> we I should don't know. do this. We, we should do a show on all the old ministry ideas that Brad. Bro- yeah, all of us. Well, that would be an amazing cool. episode. There'd probably be some problems with that episode. Yeah, there's the Bob Rice Google archive yeah, somewhere. Right. Bob Rice, he's a musician. He has uh, a song called Fast Food Jesus. And so then mm. we wrote a skit, Fast Food Jesus, on just how mm. people, they want the the cheap, like, here and now version mm. of Jesus mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, making Jesus Lord of your life. That's so it's good. like, yeah. hey, but the Fast Food Jesus doesn't actually fulfill <laughs> you, right? You're hungry again right after. And then, you know, naturally it ties into the Bread of Life discourse oh. and all of that. It's a good skit. It's a good well, skit. Well, you can't serve billions and billions just by making it more easily accessible, I guess. Yeah. So maybe I need to go back and edit that early talk it's like billions and billions in a wholehearted way like yes, not in a yes, fast food way I yes so exactly we, we've had a we, we've had a great summer here at Kathy Goose Summer Cape we've had a lot of guests here on the show if you're if like I said if you're new if you're new uh to the show feel free to check out some of our previous um engagements this summer we've had a lot of awesome priests and uh some religious who have <clears> served <throat> with us uh and parents who've who've been here on site with 6,000 mm-hmm. kids come a lot of interesting adults as well so yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a really cool season of of uh, some interviews and some engagement with people who are on mission in the world. Today we wanted to sort of dive back into our core. The the three of us are gonna um, wax eloquent about something that's really close to our heart. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we as we kick off the show today, I wanted to maybe open in prayer 
and um, and then we'll we'll dive in. Um, hint: We are talking about the greatest the greatest topic in the world. Ooh. Teaser, mm. teaser, teaser. Arguably. All right, can I call dibs on prayer? <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we love you, we adore you, and we thank you. We uh, are so grateful that you have chosen to feed us with the bread of life, that you have chosen uh, not to give us a cheap version of yourself, but that you have given us the fullness of who you are so that we um, could experience the fullness of your life as your sons and your daughters. We pray, Lord, that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts to grow to love you more during this episode. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convict minds, you would convict hearts, that you would stir in bodies and in um, in spirits just to, to be alive livened more boldly for the sake of the gospel during yeah. this episode, that the fullness of truth that would invade our minds and our hearts and that we would fall deeper in love with Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I want to, I wanna, before jumping into the content of the show, I want to thank um, one of our one of our partners, St. Gabriel Radio, who mm-hmm. has been a stalwart partner with us for the last... I don't know, six years since we've been here at Damascus mm-hmm. and even before here on the show and here in the studio and here on our campus. So mm-hmm. thanks to St. Gabriel. Um, you can catch Beyond Damascus on St. Gabriel as well as YouTube and your mm-hmm. favorite your favorite podcast programs. So check them out for some amazing Catholic programming here in central Ohio. Yeah, the illustrious studio would only be just a studio without saying it would be, it'd be somewhat less illustrious. We yeah. also want to the... thank uh, our new Stop. partner, McDonald's. No, and no, 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 yes, we'll cut that out. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm often asked, uh, gentlemen, how what, often? What probably daily, okay. maybe, mm. maybe more, maybe mm. no, it's super exaggerated. I don't even talk to people uh, daily. <laughs> probably <laughs> weekly. <laughs> what is what is the secret sauce? Speaking of McDonald's, that uh, that that makes that makes Damascus what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that that there are there are a million summer camps in the world, uh, to be specific. And what what is <laughs> what is it that 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 allows Damascus to stand out? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I usually I usually uh, rub my rub my my chin and, and think like a philosopher and try to come up with something witty. But ultimately, we've been saying for years, the answer is so very simple, stupidly simple. Mm-hmm. The, the answer of what makes Damascus unique is the answer that Jesus established. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't changed the formula. Yeah. Okay, so here at Damascus, we, we, we take young people. Um, I, I think there's some there's some steps along the way, right? We pull them out of out of a framework of Maybe addiction to technology yeah. and uh, and the the negative input that they're receiving from from television and from and from gossip and from and from all the all the stuff right all the pressures mm-hmm. of the world and then we put them in a place where they can have an encounter with Jesus in the sacraments mm-hmm. right if if there's any secret sauce it's that it's mm-hmm. it's spirit filled uh, people in an, in a sacramental environment yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's funny. The, I mean, it's, it's almost super simple. As long as you place young people in front of the blessed sacrament day after day for six days, you get transformed. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, here, we're welcoming you into a daily mass experience and we're going to help the mass come alive for you. And then we're helping to prepare your hearts 
to enter into Eucharistic adoration. And it's it's so neat because you have all this like hype, all this hoopla, all the, you know, the messages, the dramas, everything that makes a faith um, come alive. But what time and time and time and time and time and time again, uh, all of the testimonies yeah. are about the Eucharist. Like yeah. the kids, they, mm-hmm. they receive a transform. It's funny, we were driving the other day and my daughter, uh, Liliana, she's eight. She's like, Mom, I, I love listening to you give talks at camp. Do the campers on Friday during the testimonies talk about how much they love your talks? And Amber's <laughs> like, no, they don't talk about any of our talks. All they talk about is Jesus and the Eucharist because our mm-hmm. only goal is that anyone who speaks would just pave the way, you know, make ready the way for Jesus and the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And isn't that the wisdom that the church gives us in evangelization, that when it's around the sacraments, you're all going to go back to the sacraments, right? So I think so often we can build evangelization off of a skill set or yeah. off of a gifting. And and again, those skill sets and giftings are needed in the church. I'm not saying anything, um, I guess, sideways about those. But whenever we allow those to actually serve the sacraments and to serve that which the young people that come to camp are going to go back to, regardless of where they go mm-hmm. to in the world, you immediately have a connection point to the church that's yeah. far more massive than... Yeah. a week of your summer, you know? And so, I don't know, there's a, there's obviously a wisdom in that that's been around for ages, but if we can get back to that, where it's like, let's let's put Jesus at the center of everything we're doing, that's the relationship that'll sustain them, right? Well, I think an evaluation is, is our ministry, <clears throat> John the Baptist ministry, right? Like, what, what, what we do in ministry is, John the Baptist, mm-hmm. he says, prepare the way of the Lord. Everything pointed to Jesus. Everything mm-hmm. pointed mm-hmm. to Jesus. And if you will, the way we designed... Catholic Youth Summer Camp was that everything would point to the Eucharistic Lord. Mm-hmm. And and it, if, if if everything points to him, then all of the campers' eyes... And sometimes you go to conferences and things mm-hmm. are pointing to the band, they're pointing to the speaker, they're pointing mm-hmm. to the environment. And how do you make sure that even though you want a good band, you want a good speaker, you want a good environment, those those things aren't the center, mm-hmm. but or it that those things point to the Eucharist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah those, exactly. those should be the supplements to Jesus, not Jesus the supplement to those things, right? Yeah. Because that that can just be so tempting to do. Because we're human creatures that are like entertained, and we're like, okay, if we can entertain a wide array of people, we'll be set. It's like, no, if we can actually bring a wide array of people into encounter with Jesus, like everything around it simply supplements that Mm -hmm. adds to it and connects to it. So, yeah, I think that is so, so, uh, simple, but so true that really, um, it's just a submission to what the Lord laid out for us. So the secret sauce at Damascus at Catholic Youth Summer Camp is the source and summit of Christian faith. It's as, it's as simple as that. And, uh, and, you know, following, following close on his feet, on his heels is, is devotion to our lady. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've, we've dedicated some time here on the show mm-hmm. to, to reflection on Our Lady. And it was, it's funny, you know, as, an, as a ministry and as an organization, an apostolate, we, we, don't, we don't necessarily lead with those um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time in the same way that if, if you were to ask any given person on the street, like, what's the most important, what's the most important thing in your life? Mm-hmm. Rarely will they say oxygen, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah. Uh, or gravity, Right, but but like th- those are those are kind of things that that we presume. You presume, and and, yeah. a, and as an apostolate, uh, we just we just presume that mm-hmm. we we live a lifestyle where that where that is the focus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I don't know, if you're watching Beyond Damascus, you probably have never asked this. Like, where's where's the focus on the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it's it's funny. We we do get um, we we do get feedback from from individuals who will see imagery of some of our, our powerful moments of worship mm-hmm. or 
exciting activities and they'll say, where's, ministry. you know, where's, where's Jesus in yeah. this? Where's, yeah. where's the, the Eucharistic reverence in this? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, come and, come and taste and see. Yeah. Yeah. Come I was and, talking, come and taste and see. I was talking to a missionary, uh, from California with us and I was like, Hey, how'd you hear about camp? She's like, well, I, I you know, I was on Instagram and I followed a few Catholic organizations and mm-hmm. I, it said recommended Damascus. So I clicked on you guys and she's mm-hmm. like, I've never seen an Instagram account or any social media account where the Eucharist is like posted so often. And mm-hmm. she's like, I just was like, man, it, these people love the Eucharist. I want to yeah. apply. And so she applied yeah. to be a missionary just That's because amazing. she saw the Eucharist over and over again on Instagram. And she's like, Hey, this is, these people are legit. Yeah. Well, there's like a, um, there's a natural tendency in our hearts. I think that as adults, uh, we need reverence without joy. Whereas as children, a lot of times the joy is actually the sign of the reverence, you know? And I I was laughing the other day, I went into a church and I was just sitting there for personal prayer, talking to the Lord. And I was looking in the front and there was this, um, woman probably in her sixties or something like that Mm -hmm. in the front with a, um, with a veil, like just devoutly praying the rosary. And I was drawn to that. I was like, man, that is like so powerful. Like, I wonder how many rosaries she's prayed. I wonder if she comes here regularly. Like the Lord was just letting my mind go there. And then a young mom came in with a little one and the little one just starts running around and and the woman stays faithful to the rosary. She's praying just like that. The mom's like going around with the little one, like pointing at the stained glass and the, and the imagery on the walls. And the Lord was just bringing my heart to an understanding that like both of those are so beautiful and they're beautiful because in his presence, we should be reverent and joyful mm-hmm. that those don't have to be separate. They, they should be together. Now, what, what really pushed me is I felt like at one point I was like, oh man, I really want to like take my prayer time here, Lord. And I'm just watching this little one because it's so entertaining, but in like a beautiful way. Yeah. And, uh, he was just reminding me of that scripture verse, let, let ones such as these come to me, you yeah. know, that like. Man, sometimes I think in the name of reverence, we can squash people's joy. And I, I want to just watch for that because, again, to your point, Dan, like wow. whenever we're, we're seeing something online with the Eucharist, if I just saw a bunch of somber people around it, and I, I want to differentiate somber from reverent, but if I perceived it just to be a bunch of somber people around something, I would, I would think to myself, huh, I, I wonder if they love what they're unto, right? Like, yeah. it, but you can kind of tell a difference between a somberness that feels like it has to happen versus a reverence that's chosen. Yeah. And the same thing with joy. When joy comes in, it doesn't uh, devolve from reverence. It stays there. But anyway. I'm, I'm wrestling with the way you said uh, you said that earlier. I think it's I think it's awesome that uh, I, I forgot how you phrased it, but the joy um, mm-hmm. that joy is uh, yeah for a young person, joy is actually the mark of the reverence. mark of reverence. And and I'm thinking about my kids, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, how do you how do you describe reverence? Um, it's like it's a devotion. It's mm-hmm. a it's a focus. Yeah. And, right. And when I when I see my kids devoted or focused to something that's meaningful and important, mm-hmm. like yeah, it is. It is often. Yeah. There's something about the joy that comes from them, and I don't know. Accompanied I, by joy. Yeah. I feel like we have to learn something from that. And I, and I think we and, and and oftentimes we. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, oftentimes no, no. we we will uh we'll we'll try to stifle that in order to create some sort of a um. I don't know, uh, an in my image expression of what it means to be devoted to something or what it means to be reverent to something. Dan, you and I were talking the other day about about the idea that in our in our faith journey, especially as fathers leading our children, like we have to intentionally teach them what it means to have a relationship with the Lord where you're actually fostering affection. Yep. Right? Hmm. Where yep. where you're where you're um intentionally like 
loving yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking to my kids because I was like, the, I see you at mass and I don't see your hearts activated. And, and, you know, like just talking like, so we sat down and we talked about, yeah, how do you have affection towards and, you know, if, if reverence, if our idea of quote reverence lacks affection or love, then, um, then it probably is, I don't know, it, it's, is is it authentic, right? That my my heart should be drawn into this reality of the Eucharist or the reality of the Mass, and that when my heart is drawn into that which I love, mm-hmm. joy should should come. Yeah. Um, and so, mm-hmm. like that's that's you don't see people not smiling at a wedding, right? <laughs> yeah. And the, the 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 Eucharist and the Mass it's supposed to be a wedding feast, not a funeral, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if our common experience if if or and you see this unfortunately a lot with Catholic schools, it's like the kids are marched into the Catholic church as if like they're soldiers forced to sit down and they're just told to be quiet, be quiet, mm-hmm, be quiet. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like enter into prayer, like mm-hmm. love the Lord. Like there, mm-hmm. the, the, the reverence is not simply be quiet. Reverence mm-hmm. is I, I've encountered the power of the almighty God and out mm-hmm. of fear and wonder and awe, I fall to my knees and I, mm-hmm. and I adore. Yeah. And, and so how do we form young people to, to have authentic reverence mm-hmm. that's drawn yeah. into the mystery as opposed to the behavior of what we call reverence, which is sit down, shut up and, mm-hmm. and, and behave. Can you two speak a little bit more to this? So as, as far Fathers, that you have a perspective on this that I I don't yet have, but um, I love what you're saying about affection. I, I feel like in the faith, it's probably fair to say that reverence for the sake of reverence is good, but reverence in affection is great. And sometimes the good can become the enemy to the great. I think. And so I wonder, like, what? How do you? How do you? Um, I guess, like, how do you teach your children? Like, hey. Reverence means that we do operate in the church differently than we operate at a theme park, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to make a a distinction there. But it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of all of the excitement that you would have at a theme park. It just, like, I I guess there seems to be nuance there. And I wonder, like, how you teach that. Or maybe you just. Let it go. And then... I was I was thinking as Dan was was speaking that we could probably dedicate a whole show to this. Maybe yeah, maybe, maybe many sure. shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I think the the secret to me is modeling. Like hmm. I, I've I've got to make sure that I'm not just uh, you know zoned out hmm. sitting silently. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> because yeah. because that can be a temptation, right? Mm-hmm. That the, my my whole world is filled with noise. So mm-hmm. oftentimes I'll find myself when I when I go up to the adoration chapel that. I'm I'm not actually I'm not actually in a place of adoration right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just in a place mm-hmm. of escape. Yep. Because I need that. Because like, I need quiet. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> but 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 my kids don't necessarily operate in that same way, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's it's right. asking myself, okay, I need I need to take a I need to take an assessment right now of of my own heart, and mm-hmm. ask myself, okay, how am I how am I modeling worship? How am I modeling joy? How am I modeling mm-hmm. devotion? And and inviting them into that, and and for me, uh, it's it's a it's a regular reassessment. Hmm. I mean, I think I've shared it on the show before, but I've got a reminder set on my phone to to reassess your prayer discipline. It, it actually triggered this morning. Um, hmm. Every every two weeks, yeah. I look at my prayer and I ask, "Is what I'm doing working?" Mm-hmm. And 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 when I ask that question regarding mm-hmm. how I how I lead my kids as well, what it results in is mm-hmm. is pretty frequent shift of how we, of how we lead our, our prayer mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you define working? So you said like, is yeah, it working? Uh, it, I don't know. Is, is, uh, is, is, is it bearing fruit in my yeah. life? 
Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and I would, I would assess that, uh, in, is it, is it bearing fruit in my ministry? Mm -hmm. Is it bearing fruit mm -hmm. in my family? That's good. Um, yeah. is it bringing peace? Right. Mm -hmm. So many, I don't I, once again, I'll reveal my own weakness here. I'm sure it's a, it's a human trait, but oftentimes when I build a routine, I'll tend toward the simplest way of accomplishing that thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a deep conviction that I want to start engaging in the liturgy of the hours in my prayer. Mm -hmm. And over the course of two or three weeks, I will uh, subconsciously develop the most efficient means by which I can pray the liturgy of the hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At first I was chanting in my mind and then I started just reading through it and then now reading through it quickly. And, and, Pumped it out. And, <laughs> and now it's the app and now the app's on 2x yeah, yeah, speed, yeah, 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 yeah. right? So th there, there comes a point where like, I, I just need to, I need to ask myself, okay, yeah, this right. thing that was, this thing that was a deep movement of my heart, have I now neutralized mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. to the point where it's no longer mm -hmm. even, and, and certainly mm -hmm. prayer is always effective. Of course, right? yeah. Uh, so I, I don't mean to say that, mm -hmm. that if you're, if you're praying the liturgy as a discipline, like that, that's a bad deal. It's certainly mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but, but we're human beings. Yeah. I love that. I think the, to answer the question on kind of how do you foster affection with kids? I, I, it, it's really hard to have a relationship with Jesus because he's invisible, you know? And mm -hmm. so like the Eucharist mm -hmm. is so such a benefit and a gift to us because he does come mm -hmm. in a incarnational reality so I can have a relationship with him. But a it's very easy to be affectionate with a kid to be affectionate with their mother or their father because I can physically give them a hug and mm -hmm. I can physically experience their hug and we are body and soul. And mm -hmm. so because we're body and soul, those, and those are so integrated, yeah. the way I experience relationality is both mm -hmm. physical and emotional and spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so trying to help remind them of, okay, like this is, it's all about relationality and in relationship, mm -hmm. I have to do something to show affection, right? Yeah. Affection is a, it's a, a turning of the heart and a physical response. And wow. so, you know, Giovanni, mm -hmm. if your if your arms are crossed like this, mm -hmm. I I don't see that you're ready for an, an affectionate relationship because your arms are communicating to me that mm -hmm. your heart is also closed off. Or, um, you know, and so mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. and I like when one of the little ones like tries to start talking to me, just a simple way of like, hey, I want to hear what you're saying, but I'm actually here right now to listen to Jesus. And so mm -hmm. like to remind them, mm -hmm. like the reason I'm at Mass is to invest in my relationship with Jesus. And we'll invest in our relationship later, but you're here in this time to invest in this relationship with Jesus too. And the... Mm -hmm. To, to understand that it's all that it, it is relationality in my relationship and I love that the young church especially is so hungry mm -hmm. for physical representations of yeah. reverence and affection I was, mm -hmm. we had we have a few guests uh, dads that are here this week and they were just like um, they went to mass yesterday and they're like I can't believe how many kids were receiving on their knees like receiving the Eucharist on their mm -hmm. knees and, and they're like do you tell them to do that and it's like no we yeah. just like but we give freedom and permission and mm -hmm. when you see some people the missionaries receive on their knees the the campers like oh wow yeah I get to I get to do this like yeah, that's they, a possibility it's as for if me. they want to and but like we haven't modeled a reverence for them and mm -hmm. but when you know that Jesus is Lord there's something that when if I know that this is God, my mm -hmm. body just naturally responds to the mm -hmm. reality of who this person yeah. is. I love how that ties into the Eucharist too, because what you're saying there, I'd never thought about it like that. But actually in growing up, we're in um we're given as a gift parents and siblings, and they give us physical affection, which allows us to trust the emotional or the spiritual affection. 
in, in the spiritual life, it's actually then that emotional and spiritual affection that lets me trust the physical affection of the Eucharist. Mm. Do you see how that kind of goes? So yeah. like, I, I like, that's why it's so important to be a mother and a father who's present, who plays with their kids, who prays with their kids, who loves their kids. Like, be, because like the parents are giving that physical affection that then allows the young person to know, Oh wait, like they emotionally love me, right? Like spiritually they're taking care of me. Like it allows me to trust that side and when I'm given physical affection that allows me to trust the emotional and spiritual, I can then take the emotional and spiritual and trust the physical on the other side, which mm. leads to the Eucharist. Well, and it's why the, the Catholic Church is is losing its young generation, because mm. a young person has a hard time with conceptual thoughts. We don't mm-hmm. teach mm-hmm. fifth graders philosophy for a reason. Their their minds aren't ready, if you will, for for deep conceptual thoughts. Mm-hmm. What they what they understand is is physical reality mm-hmm. more, right? And so the the need and when in the 70s and 80s, when the church decided to get rid of mm-hmm. all of our physical realities, they're like, let's whitewash our churches, yeah. let's get rid of our statues, wow. let's get do away with the mm-hmm. incense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young people it no longer people. Yeah, they no longer had something mm-hmm. to hold on to. Mm-hmm. So uh, if the mm-hmm. physical realities aren't communicating, this is holy. This is mm-hmm. this is uh, this is uh, uh, divine. This is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they're like, well, this is boring. But like, mm-hmm. and it's not that they don't love Jesus or don't care. It's that they don't understand because the way they go to understanding yeah, is through the chance. physical realities. That's and amazing. so That's the, the Eucharist is so important in a middle school and high school ministry because yeah. a middle schooler in their adolescent formation needs something tangible to see. Same reason we invite religious orders that wear habits to camp, right? Because the the young person, it's 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 it would be nice to have a bunch of forty five year old women on camp that are holy, right? But it's even better to have forty five year old women on camp who are wearing a habit because the young person can see this forty five year old woman and automatically see something divine. Like, whoa, you chose a path. Mm-hmm. The habit is critical for the young person's formation of what it looks like to give your life completely to God. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, friends. Uh, <laughs> sisters come, yeah. come from far and wide. Uh, that's that's amazing, and, and that is that is the story of mm-hmm. of what uh, of what we've kind of cast our lot toward. Um, mm-hmm. We at Damascus, we have we have we are sold out for the Eucharist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my my very first experience at Catholic Youth Summer Camp all the way back in two thousand one. I was a fifteen year old camper, and. Uh, we were still just figuring things out back then. Mm. Um, I remember our, our night of adoration was really the first, it was the first time that I would point to of uh, a, a, a notable moment of, of encounter with the power of, with the power of God. I, I, I've shared through my, through my testimony before that that was the first time I think that I actually felt the Lord speak destiny over my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And it was kneeling in the presence of the Lord in adoration on a basketball court down in a uh, summer camp in uh, in camp it was Camp Kern in Cincinnati, uh, and it was it was in that place of of kneeling before the Eucharist. It wasn't the first time that I had that mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. participated in a moment of adoration, but it was there in the presence of the Lord that mm-hmm. that that God was able to pierce through mm-hmm. my little fifteen year old heart of stone, right? Yeah. And and we see that testimony played out, you know. Uh, Every truly, without exaggeration, every single day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every single day here mm-hmm. at, at yeah. Catholic mm-hmm. Summer Camp, and yeah. um, it, it doesn't matter what the theme is, it doesn't matter where we're going. He is always the center, mm-hmm. and and this year particularly at, at CYSC, you know, we have a we have a six year thematic rotation 
And all of our content this year is actually focused, not, not just, um, I don't know, all of our content is always focused on, on Jesus, the, mm -hmm. the Eucharistic heart of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but, but this year particularly, mm -hmm. uh, each of our, each of our sessions is leading toward an understanding of the theology of the Eucharist in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. So, um, our, our theme this year, we always try to adopt a, a Latin theme is, is Fons et Coleman, which, which, which is source and summit, right? Mm -hmm. The catechism speaks in paragraph 13, 24 to 27. Mm -hmm. You just have that, that memorized. I I, yeah. have, I do have some notes. <laughs> Aaron just like spits out catechism <laughs> references all the time. Uh, that the <laughs> the Eucharist is the source and summit of Christian faith, mm -hmm. right? The source and summit of Christian life, mm -hmm. and uh, and that that's that's a worthy reflection for us, mm -hmm. right? So our our entire week kind of focuses around that, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. our thought our thought in preparation for the for the show was uh, that. Today we might invite you, our listeners, on a journey of um, engaging with us and, and walking through some of the testimony and some of the experience that we've seen over the years and even just this year mm -hmm. at Catholic Youth Summer Camp as we dive in. So uh, as, as we speak about the, the source and summit of Christian life, um, those words are so rich. Yeah. And uh, Brad, I know you're a big word guy. Big word guy. Big word guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, even when you, when you talk about... Um, the fawns, right? The, 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 like a, a natural spring or a fountain. Mm -hmm. We see in the old Testament, there's, there's imagery of, of the Lord providing, uh, the Lord providing life from a rock, mm -hmm. right? That, mm -hmm. that it's, it's when, it's when the Lord brings us into this place of realizing that, Hey, from, from this simplest thing, I'm going mm -hmm. to give you the most profound thing. That's right. Yeah. The source, the source piece is important, right? Because, um, well, actually, as you were saying that the first thing that came to mind is that we have a world divided right now. And when the world is arguing, you'll often see the other side tell the other side to check your sources. Mm. You know, like, yeah. where are you getting that from? Like, that sounds really good. Are you playing some kind of trick on me, right? Like, are you just using good rhetoric or are you providing a fallacy that's confusing me? Whatever, you know, I'm well, not Whoever has into... the right source has the right answer. That's exactly right. If you can actually go to the source and say, this is actually where that comes from. Mm. And that's the gift of the simplicity of our faith. Yeah. is that if I'm actually using Jesus as the source, that is an indisputable argument, yeah. right? Because that's what we've been given in the, the word of God, in the tradition of the church. If I'm, if I'm under the aegis of that logos, again, like not, but, wow, but let's get, really we can like, yeah, we can get, <laughs> we can get rid of all the fancy words. Ultimately what I'm saying is like, I, I think that is something important in the church for us to do is to check our sources. Like, like, what is my disposition towards the faith coming from? And if That's the sweet. answer is something but Jesus, then it's a reassessment. But again, source, we look in the Old Testament, it comes from, like, you can find water from a rock. You can find bread literally falling from the sky. Like, the Lord provides sources in the most unexpected ways. Well, I but, think even checking our ministries where in our parishes, what's the, what's the source of our parish mm -hmm. life? And if, if, you know, there's, it's important to have lots of parish ministries to engage people, but if, if the source of all parish activity isn't coming out of devotion to the Eucharist, mm -hmm. you, you're now off, yeah. right? And so it has to, like, the parish was was designed to be the house of God ar uh, around, mm -hmm. that encamps around the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so there's something valuable about when COVID happened, all the ministries had to stop except for the mass, right? Mm -hmm. And sadly, sometimes the <laughs> the churches were closed, but this idea that the, that, um, the, 
it nothing else matters if if we're not aligned with yeah. the right source. Important to say too, devotion to Jesus and devotion to the Eucharist are undifferentiated, right? Like yes, that's that's awesome. It's just important because we as Catholics, we we need that, right? Yeah. Just sometimes that reminder that like, hey, I, I love Jesus, which means I love the Eucharist, or I love the Eucharist, which means I love Jesus. One of one of the challenges that I offered to our campers that I would I would offer to our our listeners as well is um Certainly not a theological necessity, but oftentimes in our language, even we talk about Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament or Jesus mm-hmm. in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. which sort of implies uh, a, a hierarchy of of presence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I challenged. I guess I, it was only just one week. The, the The passion struck me, but when when you say in, um, question question your assumptions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of instead of saying Jesus in the Eucharist. Just say Jesus the Eucharist. Jesus, Jesus the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus, comma the Eucharist. Well, our Mary, our grotto right out this window is Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, and it's like she and she's holding Jesus, and it's just like yeah, Mary, Mother of Jesus. And so, Mm -hmm. since you're Mary, Mother of Jesus, you're Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, not Mary, Mother of Jesus in the Eucharist. Well, that's how they got the Theotokos too, right? Like (laughs) Mary's the Mother of Jesus, and Jesus is God. She's the mother of God, yeah. right? Like it's yep. the same type of. So uh, source source is is good. Um, that was a sweet reflection, actually, Brad. I, I didn't go there at all with my with my teaching this summer, but the sure. uh, I, I think it's it's even cultural as well, right? That hmm. that so many of our um, I I challenge the kids. You know, uh, we're speaking to a, a millennial population here on the show mm-hmm. as well. That uh, you know, many of us grew up in the in the Harry Potter generation. If your yeah. if your parents allowed you to read and watch those uh, those movies. Probably get some hate mail for that. Um, the oh, you know, I can't wait. The idea of of I mean, name name a young adult uh, novel or story or mm-hmm. or Disney Channel made for made for Disney television series, right? That it's about discovering the fact that I I'm greater than I thought I was, mm. right? That yeah. I discovered on my 11th birthday that I'm a wizard. <laughs> fancy, fancy that. I've always wondered why the Thunderbolt scar was on my forearm. <laughs> or uh, it, it's, it's so funny. My, my kids love watching these, uh, these Disney Channel movies. And, um, it, you know, pro- probably good 80% of them are like, the kid wakes up one day and realizes that she's a princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never knew I was royalty. Yeah. Right? Or, that, or that I've got a superpower or, or some mm-hmm. combination of the mm-hmm. two. So it, it's it's about discovering that 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 I am I'm something more than what I thought, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we discover that in light of understanding where we come from. If you discover your your source, you discover your destiny, mm-hmm. and uh, and mm-hmm. and as the church mm-hmm. offers us the Eucharist, Jesus as mm-hmm. our source, that reveals to us our destiny. Yeah, that if I can embrace that reality, I can actually step into a lifestyle where I'm I'm capable of living in in a way that's more magnificent, that's more mm. grand than what I ever thought it was, mm. was possible. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, love that. I was thinking about like, um, <laughs> why this came to mind. I don't know. Maybe it's cause I saw that August 1st is national hike a mountain day or something like Makes that sense. or climb a mountain. I don't, do you and hike my, or climb and a mountain? My Can you do both? <laughs> yeah. And your birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a but, great birthday. Uh, yeah. So I- anyway, what I'm saying, uh, in that is what was drawn to my mind as you were saying that Aaron is when I stand at the, the base of Mount Everest, two things happen if I'm going to try to climb to the summit, wonder and awe. Yeah. Right. Like that's what happens in fear, like a whole, like a holy fear. Like I, again, I would say holy in holistic terms, not like yeah. set apart, but like, yeah, I'm like, well, this is intimidating because it's way bigger than me, Yeah. but it's also super exciting. It's so adventurous. I have no idea what lies ahead. It's actually taking our place at the source that we recognize the beauty of the summit. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think in the Christian life, same way, like what you're saying, it's like, yeah, 
like, of course, it, when I understand the source, like where I'm coming from, I know where I'm going to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and when we, when we embrace Jesus as the source of our life, the Eucharist as the source of our life, then we're invited into a, into a place where we can see the, the summit of Christian faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, once again, just this practical analogy that as, as you climb toward the summit, what, what begins to fade away is distraction. So, uh, you know, if you've ever done any, any hiking, and I, I know both of you guys have, mm-hmm. that when, when you're at the base of a mountain, there, there are limitless millions of, of paths that you could take mm-hmm. around a mountain, mm-hmm. right? But, but as, you, as you get closer toward the top, um, your, your paths become more limited, mm. right? I, I, was, I was actually, I did some, I did some research for, mm. for my session this summer on Mount Everest yeah. that, you know, at the base of Mount Everest, which is, which is massive, the, the, mm-hmm. the circumference of the base of Mount Everest is hundreds and hundreds of miles if you wow. tried to drive around it. <laughs> wow. uh, but, but as you get closer to the peak of Mount Everest, there comes a point after which there is only one way up. So, like, you mm. could choose another path, but you will die. Prove it. There's only one legitimate path toward the peak of Mount Everest. So at a certain point, as I approach the summit, mm-hmm. the distractions in my life fall away. Yeah, there's a single way. So, uh, and I just, I, I love that. As, as we unite ourselves more closely to, to Jesus, the Eucharist, that as, mm. as, we, as we declare him and make him the summit of our, of our life, mm. not just the Christian faith, the Catholic Church, mm. That all of a sudden, those things that are that are distracting in my life that that maybe when I'm when I'm far from Him, mm-hmm. I have to work really hard. I, I have yeah. to work really hard to make sure that I'm not that I'm not distracted by you know all all the stuff um, by 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 media by by music by yeah. uh, by my busyness of my schedule. But as I become closer to Him, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, those things that were distractions, they're left behind. Yeah. Well, so it's yeah. as if relativism and pluralism is a farce mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are not many ways i yeah. heard you say the farce same i think yes, one right. time in my life <laughs> I, I gotta use the word yeah. farce more often actually or, or maybe your are... life is a farce <laughs> the, the coexist bumper sticker perhaps is misleading because there's only one way yeah. one truth and Gosh, one life yeah. well there's many ways to it might be true to say there's many ways to discern the world but only one correct way at the end right? Because I've been thinking about that in the context of my life. So if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, think about your life that like, there's a lot of things I can devote my attention to now, but when I'm on my deathbed, Mm. there becomes far less things to think (laughs) about, right? Like it's just true. Like maybe that's the way the Lord designed it on purpose. I'm sure there is there. I've never thought about it like that, but at the twilight of my life, there's love, like Mm -hmm. love for those who have loved me, love for those that I've tried to love to the best of my ability and love for the Lord. Yeah. Like, at the, at the end of my life, there's far less paths to take, let's say. At the end of truth, there's far less paths to take. We can have all kinds of amazing discussions at this level. But as you drill down, you get to where there's there's not really much wiggle room here, right? Yep. And I think the same thing, obviously, with the way, which goes into the source and summit piece. So anyway, yep. I, I do think it's interesting because I, I think there are like plenty of ways I could discern the world outside of the Lord right now, and I would be eventually wrong. Because I would be discerning the world through a different lenses. And we see this all over the world. You'll, you'll have people that discern the life through the lens of reincarnation. Like a lot of things, right? But then at the very end, there's, there's one. And yeah. even I'm sure on Mount Everest, if you take a, a wacky route right off the bat, you set yourself up for 
Yeah, you don't, you, don't make, you don't make it very far. Exactly. So again, <laughs> I'm not even, it's not, it's not permission, to, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the Lord, if we stay to him, brings us eventually to the one, right? Yeah. Like that I could be in a misunderstanding of some aspect of the faith, but still believe all the other things. And if I just keep ascending and stay in the tradition and stay in the, in, in the word of God. Well, that's why the Eucharist is the us. source of unity in the church, right? Because if, if, if I'm, if I am climbing huh. to the summit and there's only truly one way, then the the falsehoods even in our own doctrines and dogmas mm-hmm. they they have to at some point align there's one there's one truth yeah. at the end of the day and so we, that's why hmm. we have one creed right you can't yes. and, and yes. it's the yes. as awesome uh, the as our Protestant brothers and sisters are and as much as we have to learn from them they are they're ascending the mountain of the Lord from the many commonalities we have at the mm-hmm. base but mm-hmm. as you get to the top there's you've yeah. got to start you have to start finding tuned and you really have to be fine-tuned by him yeah, right he's amazing. the one who reveals the the truth up there at the top the what are you path. saying the Eucharist is the unifying it's the no, we, the catechism I don't have the references because I don't memorize catechism references I apologize <laughs> give, give it a shot but, uh, you know. <laughs> the, 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 the Eucharist is, is is the source of unity in, in the Catholic Man, faith I'm sure and I've so, read that before it's, but it's just it's that's why it's here. called communion, right? Communion is yeah. like we're under, we're with it's one union. Unity. Yeah, it's yeah. Common so unity. Yeah. it's uh, it is the source of unity. And hmm. so wherever the um, it, it's interesting because wherever you have disunity in the faith, you also don't have a devotion to the Eucharist. You you yeah. don't see a, a church that uh, and a priest who's like uh, preaching heresy also fostering Eucharistic devotion. Why? Because you can't have Eucharistic devotion and disunity at the same time. When there's Eucharistic devotion, there's unity. Actually, I I question that, because there is the, the... we need to see ourselves in. It's just interesting what's happening right now with the Latin Mass trend and the all of the conversations around that. Of ha- because this is a community that's so devoted to the Eucharist and mm-hmm. so devoted to um, encamping around Eucharistic de- devotion, mm-hmm. and yet we're called. There's there's a source of disunity happening right now in the church mm-hmm. around it, and I wonder how do we help that not become a an element where it becomes a disunifier mm-hmm. um but a unifier yeah. that's really that'd be, a, that'd be a fun topic to do. that'd be yeah. a fun yeah. topic we yeah. should we should bring in uh yeah uh someone who's passionately Passionate. walking down that yeah. path. yeah yeah well I, I i always um default to our our friend who was with us a while ago and if you haven't listened to that episode i'd encourage you to when any hickman was here yeah. Yeah. He, he kept drilling in orthodoxy and orthopraxy and it just it, it's just stayed with me that I, I do think where we fundamentally find ourselves sometimes is that we choose one over the other where right understanding is end all be all. Right. And I, I think that our, our more traditional friends can sometimes go there where it's just right understanding. All practice will flow from perfect understanding. Yeah. And then you'll have the other side that's like, well, perfect practice will lead to perfect understanding. Well, no, not exactly. That like, actually, as I'm understanding, I'm acting it out. And as I'm acting it out, yeah. I'm understanding. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what the ascent looks like. Yeah. So I, I do think there's something to that. But again, that's probably a whole episode. Well, jumping back to a, to a little bit of a wider, wider scope. I mean, in the, in the Protestant Reformation, right, you see a, you see a distinct break from, from Eucharistic centeredness, from Eucharistic yep. theology. Mm-hmm. And, and that rift is, has, has just continued to escalate over the course of 500 years. A quick side, what, what's, really, what's really funny right now, um, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and, and we'll look back in retrospect and see mm-hmm. what, what he's about right now, but many different Catholic churches, the Catholic Church and mm-hmm. many different non-Catholic churches right now are calling for a worldwide time of Eucharistic revival, 
Um, they don't mm-hmm. use that term. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church does. Mm-hmm. You know, we've mm-hmm. we've dedicated the next two years to a time of Eucharistic yeah. revival in the Catholic the Church. Spirit. But what what may not be known to many of our of our Catholic listeners is that uh, a a good number of non-Catholic churches are pursuing a, a similar communion revival right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're using you're literally using the words communion, communion revival. Yeah, and it's it's funny because they uh, it. Those those um, Protestant brothers and sisters who have a devotion to communion, yeah. mm-hmm. at, their their teachings are are more Catholic than other. You know, mm-hmm. like you often mm-hmm. find, like wow, there's quite a bit of alignment, and they're just mm-hmm. it, it is as if they're getting more and more to the summit, and they're like, well, yeah. this is there's something here. The about, distractions are falling away. Yeah. The distractions are falling well, away. Well, that's I, that's funny. I've been reflecting on this recently because I I just like have all kinds of amazing Protestant brothers and sisters that that love Jesus. And what I've been recognizing more and more is that the Protestant Reformation, I, I think there's there's probably a variety of things that great theologians could tell you uh, are wrong about it. But for me, it's that we started putting sola where there should have been prima, because there's only one sola. So sola being like like single, right? Like only. Um, it's only Jesus, mm-hmm. who we know is the Eucharistic Lord. That's the only sola. Prima being primary, <laughs> right? So it's 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 not it's not like the word of God alone. It's not faith alone. It's not grace alone. It's primary. It's grace yeah. primary. It's faith primary. It's the word of God primary. But the sola is Jesus, yeah. who we know is the Eucharistic Lord. And that, like, that's why I was getting so into what you were saying about the Eucharist. Like, because I'm sure I've read it before, but that does, it brings us together. It, it does. Together. Because it is the, if we make that the sola, Jesus, not the way I like um, the mass to look, not the songs I like being saying at mass. Like, Again, I, I know I'm getting in waters where there's probably a bunch of people that would push back, but I, I do think that primarily whenever we get away from the both and, which is pr- primary language, and get to only language, we're wrong unless it's only Jesus, yep. right? And so I, I do think that there is something there, but that's really powerful, right? That Jesus, as the Eucharistic Lord, is is drawing us back to himself. Of course, that's why there's going to be a revival of communion is because it's like... I want to get people back to. He had a plan. Yeah, he had a plan. That's yep. yeah, that's awesome. We we, we talk about uh, frequently that we see in the. Uh, I've used this imagery with the charismatic renewal, right? That that the the Lord, in His wisdom, has a better plan than what we've got yeah. in mind. Yeah. Yep. And and we see, you know, it would it would make sense and it would fit into a nice little neat box if when we prayed for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, if God gave it mm-hmm. like handed it to the Pope, who handed it to the Bishop, who handed it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But that seems to be not the way he's, yeah, he's that's right. doing it these yeah. days. And I guess one clarifier earlier, too, because it's just sticking in my head. When I said it's not the Word of God alone, if we're saying the Word of God is Jesus incarnate, then it is. Now, Brad, you just, you, just got, you just got canceled. Brad, Brad, if, if you ever canceled. say anything that's I not perfect, I'd get canceled. you're fired. I knew yeah. I'd get canceled or labeled a heretic. I just wanted to make sure I'm not a heretic. I meant <laughs> just, just actually the pages of the Bible alone, right? Okay, so. We got a lot of. Post-production work here, guys. <laughs> clean it up. Clean it up. So well, I guess what, to, to finish that thought, when when we bow low and when we ask the Lord, uh, send your spirit, right? when we pray for rain, let's bring an umbrella. Let's let's expect the Lord to show up in ways that are beyond my little box. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it makes me uncomfortable sometimes that I, as a youth minister for 12 years, I was very uncomfortable that other people who were not Catholic were doing youth ministry better than I was, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That we were seeing success and growth in, mm-hmm. in other places. And mm-hmm. um, I fought that for a long time. 
And, and then, you know, there was a switch that was flipped in my own heart where the Lord said like, hey, let's just adopt a place of humility mm-hmm. and ask, is it possible that I'm working here? Mm-hmm. And maybe that I have something to teach you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I think too, just in, in, in preparing young people for the, the Eucharist, I, I, because it is, it is a secret sauce, but it's also not a, um, miracle drug, right? Well, it kind <laughs> of, it, but, uh, the, like, uh, I've seen so many, like, uh, experiences in youth ministry where someone will just like bring kids who are unprepared and mm-hmm. put them in front of the Eucharist and expect the something to happen. It's like, you no, know, you actually, you have to, you have to prepare the soil. So there is mm-hmm. a John the Baptist call to mm-hmm. make ready the heart and make like the bride to, ready. Yeah. You have to prepare the young person mm-hmm. for receptivity of the Eucharist. So it's not just send your kids to daily mass and everything will be okay. It's how are you helping to facilitate that Eucharistic encounter with your children. Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you helping to prepare the your parish? You know, it's not like I'm going to force Eucharistic devotion in my parish and everything will ha- revival will happen. No. How am yeah. I preparing my parish to fall mm-hmm. deeper in love with the Eucharist? And there's there's pastoral tact to that, and and prudence of of teaching and walking with people yeah. and and helping them see devotion through our own lifestyle mm-hmm. and our own witness, so that their hearts are made ready to love the mm-hmm. Lord. I think it, the reason the campers are kneeling down to receive the Blessed Sacrament isn't because we teach them to do that, but we teach them who mm-hmm. Jesus is, and yeah. then we model reverence, and so it leads them into understanding, how am I going to choose mm-hmm. to embrace reverence? Yeah. yeah, and the Eucharist is the highest gift, but I love what you're saying, Aaron. Like, there there are other gifts in the church. They they all fall below the gift of the blessed sacrament. The sacraments are all up there, right? Mother Church. And then there's the the gifts that the laity are given, the gifts that the clergy are given. And I, I love what Bishop Barron says when he says that or, or maybe he's car uh, is he quoting Cardinal George? I think he might be, but regardless, he he says that um the Catholic Church has all of the gifts that Christ desires for his people. Mm. It doesn't mean that we're operating in all of those gifts the best. And I think that is a brilliantly humble and meek way of approaching it. Yeah. That the, 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 the universal church, the Catholic church has all of the gifts that Christ desires for his people. And above all, obviously the blessed sacrament yet at the same time, that doesn't mean that, that our universal Catholic church has stewarded all of those gifts the best over time. Yeah. And that is like an amazing place to be because mm-hmm. then I can recognize the fullness of truth with, without thinking that I know everything or without thinking that I have it all perfectly put together. Then I can talk to a Protestant brother and sister with an understanding that you might be operating in a gift differently and even more heightenedly, is that even a word, than I am. But you can see what I'm saying is I think that that quote, I think it is Cardinal George, but um, it's just awesome. So yeah. anyway. So – uh, it, you know, one of the, one of the statements that I make in, in, that I made in the teaching on our, our, our opening day of summer camp this year was that we, we could, I mean, we could, we could spend our entire life, many lifetimes, uh, looking at the theology of the Eucharist, right? There, there have been more books written on the theology of the Eucharist than we could ever hope to read. And, and Thomas Aquinas wrote them all in his lifetime. Many of them. <laughs> Most of them. But, uh, how did and, he uh, write so fast? <laughs> yeah, another, he didn't. He didn't? It, it was miraculous. He would walk around the room oh gosh, and scribe five books at one time to five different scribes. So he would walk, tell oh. this one what to write, and this <laughs> what? one what. The, 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 if you compile all of I his— I don't think I knew that. If you compile all of St. Thomas Aquinas' writings into like together, it's impossible for one person to accomplish that many writings in one lifetime. So it was a supernatural gift of— 
of uh, uh, academia. theology. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas is the best. He's such a monster. Oh man. Uh, another quick aside. One of the one of the beautiful moments this year. Joseph uh, Schleter and I sat down to uh, seek the Lord and ask. You know. Is there is there a song, God, that you want to give to our community this summer to express our our heart for this for this theme of the Source and Summit? And we opened up the uh, Pange Lingua, which is Saint Thomas's um, Saint Thomas's uh, I don't know poetic song that he wrote for the for the original Corpus Christi celebration when when Corpus Christi was introduced into the church, the Feast of the Body of Christ, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so we've we've put together this this song that it's it's just it's beautiful to see hundreds of middle school kids yeah. singing the words of Saint Thomas's Pangilingua, which yeah. is one of my favorite prayers of all time. And a contemporary yes. melody where they're like, "This is the best ever." Yes, like, yes, yes. yes. it my, is my the little, best ever. My yeah. little four year old sings sings the Pangilingua when she goes to bed at night. It's like oh, <laughs> it's gosh, amazing. This is well, heaven on is, earth. Yeah. Wow. What a gift. Body yes. Blood. There's something. Well, there's something like, and again, even that, like. The things that we're even saying in this podcast, right? They've been said before. That's yeah. why the source and summit's so important. Is that it's just a constant returning to. Mm-hmm. It's a constant returning yeah. to what the church has long known, and it's a constant pursuit of what the church has long pursued. Yeah. Well, so so here's here's where where um, I, I'm hoping we can maybe end uh, end the show today. So my my first session of of Catholic Youth Summer Camp this summer. Again, we, I invite the kids into this reflection, and we could. We could talk. We could talk for hours. In fact, we we planned to talk about a lot more content than we actually got to today. Uh, <laughs> Will there be a part two? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows about about the Eucharist? But um, if if we're gonna if we're gonna leave with one thing, it should be just like understanding that that when Jesus presents this topic, he presents it in a way that it requires of us a choice, hmm. right? A lot of times we talk on on this show, and we've talked here at Damascus, uh, kind of one of the guiding principles of our ministry is this understanding that the church is in crisis right now, right? That, that we, we talk about the, the fact that within 10 years of confirmation, five out of six kids will have left the practice of their Catholic faith. Like that's, that's miserable. Um, and those that do stay engaged, right? Uh, this was, this was one of the most, um, depressing statistics that I've, that I've found in recent years, but those who are regular church-going Catholics, like who sit in the pews every Sunday, who come back day in and day out, um, of those who are there in attendance, only 31% indicate that they actually believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Mm. So 31% of the people who are sitting next to you at Mass actually believe what it is that the Source and Summit brings to our to our life. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's a billion different ways of interpreting those statistics, but sure. I think for me, that's significant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Brad, you talked about the way, the truth, and the life, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that we're walking through this life in such a way that like we are lost and we are lied to and the enemy is, is seeking us out for our destruction. Mm-hmm. And there is only one path and there is only one truth mm-hmm. and there is only one cure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that path and that truth and that cure is Jesus, the Eucharist, the yeah. blessed sacrament, Mm-hmm. And even among Catholics, only 31% have actually received that. Uh, so, I, I mean, gosh, I, 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 I hope that our mission as an organization, as, a, as an apostolate, mm-hmm. could be to bring people into that place. Um, yeah. And I, I wanted to close with just a, a scriptural reflection. You know, where's the, 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 the primo verse for, for Catholics as we want to hang our hat on? Of course, it's in John chapter 6, right? And um, 
when we reflect on John chapter six, uh, the, the bread of life discourse, like there's a lot of good stuff happening there. Mm-hmm. And as I was, as I was seeking the Lord's heart for, for teaching this summer, um, he led me first to John 15, um, John 15, one, which is where he speaks of, I am the, I am the vine and you are the branches. Right. Mm-hmm. And you remember, you remember the, the, the phrase that he uses that, that the, um, the worker of the vineyard goes and those branches that don't bear fruit, he throws into the fire, he burns, mm-hmm. he cuts away. But those that do bear fruit, he prunes so that they might bear greater fruit. So uh, here's, here's, here's the little scriptural, um, scriptural invitation. When we look at John 6, we see one of the most profoundly fruitful chapters, I think, in, in all of the Gospels. You remember where John 6 starts? It's one of my favorite stories. It's the feeding of the 5,000, right? Mm-hmm. Where we see this, this, this beautiful, dramatic scene where Jesus is, is ministering to, uh, to people who, who are, you know, many are his disciples who have, who have followed him, who have healed in his name, who have, uh, who have preached and, and, and seen and, and cast out demons, right? Um, many probably most would just be individuals who, who got drawn up in the crowd and brought into the, the fun and the excitement. And, and as John 6 develops, we see, uh, we see 5,000 who are met and, and who are fed. And what happens is they're, they're on fire and they, they stick around and like, this is a ministry that's bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. That night, Jesus goes and he decides to take his prayer walk on the lake of Capernaum, right? And and once again, it's this, it's this like supernatural encounter where people are, where people are, are, are excited and are on fire. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's this place of like a fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and then the following day, those people stay and they're ready. And I imagine the crowd's even beginning to swell further and further. But what happens in John 6 is, is Jesus takes the tree that's bearing fruit and he brings the pruning saw. Yeah. And uh, I suggest to our campers, and I want to suggest to our listeners today that, that the Eucharist, the source and summit of Christian life, is, is not just our promise, but it's, it's the pruning saw, that the Lord will bring you through a place of Eucharistic encounter to, a, to an understanding that a life that bears fruit needs to be pruned through a relationship with the Eucharist so that it might bear more. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you guys, I know both of you guys have preached on this in the past, but you see in John 6, three times um, the crowd questions Jesus' teaching, and three times he, he, doesn't, he doesn't explain it away, he doesn't make excuses, but he mm-hmm. actually digs deeper mm-hmm. to the point where in, in John 6, 60, uh, right, they say, this teaching is hard, who can accept it? And then many turn away and leave. Mm-hmm. And he turns mm-hmm. to his apostles and he says, will you also leave? And at that point, it's, it's potentially even just the 12. Mm-hmm. And, and they make this declaration of faith. They say, Jesus... To whom else should we go? You have the words of everlasting life, mm-hmm. and I, I think personally that that's a that that's a a word of hope that I would offer to to us here and to our listeners of the show mm-hmm. that you you don't have to understand the Eucharist, you don't have to um, to get it, you don't have to like it to to invite Jesus, the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, mm-hmm. to be the source and summit of your life, the one who will prune what is good so that it might bear more fruit. That day, the apostles didn't say, yeah, God, what the heck? Why are these people walking away? We get it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we understand this theology. Uh, no, they said, gosh, I don't get it, but I, but I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'd be my prayer for us today. Let's, let's close in prayer. Brad, do you want to 
you want to uh, yeah, I can start it. Pray us out, man. Yeah, yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of yourself in the Eucharist. Jesus, thank you for all the ways that you've broken into our lives through the Eucharist, both the ways that we know now and the ways that we don't yet know. We pray, Lord, that as you continue to convict our hearts towards the Eucharist, that you would bring unity into your body, yes, into Lord. the church. And Lord, we pray for anyone listening today who, um, who has felt distant from you, who has felt distant from the body of Christ, that through the words of this show today, that you would unite them back and bring them back. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Those uh, in, in that prayer, the Pancha Lingua, St. Thomas speaks about the fact that our eyes and our, um, our senses fail to capture the reality that is in front of us. And... I'd like to pray today for, uh, for anybody, any one of our listeners who has had a difficult time in accepting the teachings of the church as it pertains to this, this theology surrounding the Eucharist, the source and summit of life, that, uh, that where your eyes have led you to doubt or where your senses have failed to capture the, the beauty of the invitation that the Lord offers before you, that you might receive um, an outpouring of the gift of faith right now, that the Lord Jesus might speak to you in this moment and say, I have, I have riches for you beyond your wildest imagination if you would but open your hands right now and, and receive uh, a spiritual gift, a spiritual infusion of faith. I pray in Jesus' name that you would, you would receive that gift of faith mm. to be able to respond. Yeah, I also just get a sense there's um, a Protestant um, brother who is listening, who is a leader um, in the Protestant faith, and your heart is being convicted, but you are scared of um, what will come uh, if if you pursue a devotion to the Eucharist. And uh, the Lord just says, be not afraid. I've asked you to follow me. Yeah. And so the Lord is inviting you to follow him and to trust him and to rely on him. So Lord, I just pray for this brother who's listening right now that you would give him courage and confidence to follow you and that yeah. you would lead him every step of the way. That's good, Dan. I actually, I, I had a very similar, um, a similar prompting in prayer. And uh, I want to expand on that word also that, that um, this individual, and maybe this applies to more even, has, has been trying to figure out this thing for yourself. Um, and that you've been prompted and inspired by the words that you've read in Scripture or the experience that you've had, mm -hmm. but uh, it's been wrapped up with trying to develop a theology that makes sense, and the Lord says, surrender. Mm -hmm. The Lord says, surrender. And, uh, and, and I, would, I, would invite, I would invite you, I'd invite all of our listeners to, um, to surrender, mm -hmm. to make an act of surrender today. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we surrender this, uh, this podcast to you. In Jesus' name, we surrender Damascus, our, our apostolate to you, our families to you. Mm -hmm. We pray, Jesus, source and summit of Christian life, that you would be the, the, the master of our life, yes, Lord. that you would lead us again into a place of encounter with you, the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, and transform us, Lord, that we might bear more fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In the, name of the Father, Woo! the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit Woo, that's a party. That's a party. <laughs> Friends, thanks for joining us uh, today on, on today's show. This is, of course, Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Um, I, I want to invite you to, to prayerfully consider sharing this show with somebody in your life who uh, you, you think might benefit from the reflections that, that we've mm -hmm. that we've 
process through today. Um, you know, maybe somebody, if, if you're Catholic, who is, who has fallen away from faith in the church and, and might benefit from an invitation back in, mm -hmm. or if you're not Catholic, somebody who's, who's been curious about, you know, do those Catholics actually have their heart on Jesus? Mm -hmm. uh, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. um, so like, share, subscribe. Please engage in our, our comments section. Uh, if if you were wounded or offended by anything that we said on today's show, we, we, Brad, we, we no, speak just peace kidding. and love over you. We'd, uh, we'd, we'd love to engage you in conversation. We love we love you. We pray for you. And uh, we, we invite you to join us again next week on Beyond Damascus. God bless.